title of today's Dharma talk is The Freedom of Mind. I believe we all aspire to achieve the freedom of mind, which is the primal reason why we are practicing at this moment. Furthermore, all the contents in one Buddhist teaching exist, help us attain the freedom. So what is the freedom of mind? And how can we achieve it? First, to understand what the freedom of mind is, we need to comprehend what the mind is. We all have some conception of concept of the mind and use it constantly. However, if someone were to ask me, what is the mind? It would be somewhat challenging to explain it. Even though I have some ideas about it, expressing them in words is difficult. This is because the word mind translated from Korean ma-um encompasses a wide range of concepts. It includes our original mind, which is the truth of Yiran-sang and spirit in Changshin in threefold practices. It also encompasses the mind ground or mind, which is free from disturbance, delusion, wrongdoing. Additionally, it includes rising minds, such as anger, irritation, sadness, etc. Therefore, explain, explaining the mind in words is challenging, but we un understand what the mind is because we use it all the time. In a simple manner, we need to consider the mind from two perspectives. One is the original mind, which is our Buddha nature. And the other is rising mind, which is influenced by our sensory conditions. As Master Stefan taught us, our original mind is the same as samadhi, which is being clear and round, calm and tranquil, free from a tendency toward discrimination and a penchant toward attachment. But with the sensory conditions, our disturbance, delusion, wrongdoing rise. This is why we lose our freedom of mind and suffer from various sensory conditions in our daily lives. Then, is the rising mind inherently wrong or bad? 
I don't believe so. It is natural for us to experience rising mind. The issue arises when we respond based solely on rising minds, which are primarily emotion-based without considering our original mind. So how can we come to know the mind? Master Tessan taught us that we cannot know the original mind through words and speech. This is the main reason why we practice meditation. When we breathe in and out and focus on our breathing, the state of kindness and tranquility is samadhi and is our original mind. One si simple explanation of freedom of mind is when we are free from what we want to do and what we don't want to do. For instance, if I want to go on a diet and I need to eat less, exercise more, and avoid consuming junk food, and I should avoid eating at night and overeating. However, despite my desire to go on a diet and my knowledge of what needs to be done, I often find myself returning to my old habit and failing to achieve my predetermined goal. This can be one example of not having freedom of mind. Because even though I made up my mind to go on a diet, but by my own karma, I couldn't do it. So what can we do to achieve freedom of mind? I think there are many ways, but today I'd like to introduce just two of them. First is meditation. When we practice meditation, we can experience living in the present moment, free from attachment to the past or future. Meditation is similar to clearing the clutter from our minds. Let me share a personal meditation experience. When I was younger, I used to detest rainy days without knowing the reason why. I felt uncomfortable and irritated whenever it rained. This changed when I entered Wonggang University as a minister in training. One day in my first year, during morning meditation, it started raining outside. And I was focusing on my breathing. 
all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I realized why I had such an aversion to rainy days. It tracks back to when I was seven years old. I had a close neighborhood who was similar in my mother's age. Since my mother worked all day, I often stayed home alone. Sometimes I didn't wash my hands and face and just played outside with my friends. And whenever she saw me with that state, she would remind me, go your home and wash your hands with your face first. However, one day after school, when I was about to enter my home, apartment third floor, it was different from other days. Many police cars were outside and there was a police light in front of my home. And I still vividly remember the odor at the time. It was a crime scene and I heard from my parents that the next door lady was murdered by a bookseller. As a young boy, I was terrified. After that day, I couldn't stay at home alone and always plays outside until my mother returned from work. However, the problem is on rainy days, I couldn't find anyone to play with as my friends stayed indoors. So I would sit on the stairs for hours until my mother came home. As more experience related to rain accumulated, so did my aversion to rainy days in my subconsciousness. These realizations never occurred to me before the meditation. And I simply thought I was someone who disliked rainy days. However, during the meditation, I understood the root of the root cause of my aversion. And from that point, rainy days no longer bothered me. In fact, I began to enjoy, enjoy rainy days, especially in military service. You know, military service, if it, it rained, then it's kind of holiday. You don't train and you don't work. So I was able to live in England for one year. So meditation played critical role in clearing my trauma related to rain. So meditation helped me overcome my aversion to rain. Second is uh, mindfulness practice 
especially with self-checking. Mindfulness practice helps us break bad habits and build good ones. I have personally established many good habits and overcome several bad habits through this mindfulness practice. And it significantly changed my life. Let me share an example of breaking a bad habit. I used to take naps on my desk in school or in the library all the time. Initially, it was for 10 minutes and 15 minutes, but it gradually extended to hours. It was not because I slept less at night or I didn't have sound sleep. It was just habit. Whenever I go to school or library where, where there was a desk, I had to sleep first and then study. The habit stemmed from when I was 14 years old, 1995, in middle school, when a teacher, ironically, the teacher was ethnic teacher, but the teacher asked us to nap with our heads down on the desk. I didn't want to, but the teacher enforced it, threatening to hit us with a stick if we raised our heads. That marked the beginning of my bad habit, which persisted until 2013. In 2013, my wife noticed my bad habit and suggested that I break it through mindfulness practice. Initially, I responded, no, it's impossible. You don't know me. It's not just a habit. It's who I am. Before my wife, other Dharma friends also pointed out that my bad habit and I responded in the same way. That was my strong belief at the time. I felt the need to nap on the desk before studying. But it was only when my wife asked, when this habit began, that I, re that I realized it wasn't an intrinsic part of me, but rather studied due to the teacher's demand. So I decided to break the bad habit. Whenever I felt the urge to nap on the desk, I would stand up, walk around, or return home. And I keep checking with my diary again and again and again. There were many moments when I wanted to return to my old habit. But through persistent checking, I managed to break it. Since then, I haven't napped on a desk, thanks to continuous self-monitoring. Master Sudan told that we must practice for a long time. Perhaps it's because of my laziness, 
But the more I practice in Sangha, the more I understand its significance. Break, breaking even a small habit is not easy. However, when we successfully break habits we want to change, our lives undergo profound transformation. I feel my mind becoming lighter with each accumulation of such practices. Freedom of mind isn't distant. It's not something we strive to achieve at a specific moment. I may not know where it ends, but one thing is certain. My freedom of mind is being created as I continue to practice. My freedom of mind is being created as I continue to practice. When confronted with sensory conditions, instead of reacting emotionally, if I pause and transform my emotions to empty mind or gratitude, my mental strength grows and I gain a greater of freedom of mind. Conversely, if we don't practice when faced with sensory conditions and act based on our emotions or habits, our karma becomes heavier, inhibiting our freedom of mind. Today, I've discussed the freedom of mind and shared my personal experiences relate to meditation and mindfulness practice. I hope we can apply these teachings in our daily lives to break our bad karma and build good karma, leading to better and healthier lives. Thank you.